there are a lot of stories out there just waiting to be told. I'm recording artist Mark Tara. Welcome to Spotlight. Spotlight. Shine bright. Tonight. Time for you to step into. Spotlight. Shine bright. Tonight. Time for you to step into. Spotlight. Hello, and welcome to Spotlight, a show that features talent in all its varied forms, everything from politics to the performing arts. Let's see who's stepping into the spotlight today. Spotlight. studio. Tim was founded in 1998 by Paul Morris and is the first commercial producer of and specializing in bareback pornography. The studio is named after founder Paul Morris's favorite childhood book, Treasure Island. Tim has production offices in San Francisco, New York, Paris, Mexico City, Florida, and today our one-on-one conversation is with the head of Treasure Island Media's UK division. By the way, he produces some of the hottest bareback videos out there. Porn filmmaker Liam Cole. Liam Cole, welcome to the program. You're in London, England, correct? Yes. And so how's your day been? Very nice, thank you. Um, yeah. It's getting to know Liam Cole, the enigma. <laughs> Liam, tell me, from conception to completion, in general, how long does it take to produce uh, one of your uh, pornographic fo- uh, films? Well, uh, I don't kind of make one in a complete form and then release it and then start making the next one. I'm just filming scenes all the time and they all sort of go, they're all stored in our hard drives and then when we know that it's coming up to another release deadline, then we'll look at what's in the bank and choose scenes that we think fit together well and that we like and um, and make that into a video. That's usually how I work. So there's always like a pool of scenes that we're adding to. Um, and then when we make a video, we choose from them. So it's not necessarily, you're not necessarily following a storyline. You're just essentially putting clips together to, to create uh, one particular video. Yeah. Um, there's no storyline. There's no script. Um, there's not even usually like a idea because it depends a lot on who I'm filming with. You know, like hopefully they'll, have ideas about what they like doing. So do you have any of your uh, videos that have been released? Do you have any favorites? Um, 
No. Like, there's always favorite scenes okay. on any given video, but uh, I don't think I have a, a favorite. Like, and also it's hard for me to look at them objectively because I remember filming them. I remember, you know, some shooting days are difficult, but the scene is good. And um, yeah, yeah. So I don't think my favorite would necessarily be anyone else's favorite. Fair enough. So, <laughs> so tell me, Liam, when did you realize that you wanted to be a, a filmmaker in essence, not necessarily uh, making porn, but in general, when did you realize that you wanted to make films? Um, that's a good question. I just always enjoyed um, mucking about with video cameras. As a child, that was my uh, birthday treat, was to, we would go and hire a video camera that actually, you know, was filming on VHS tapes, and uh, I would just film my friends showing off, really. Um, it was so novel then to see yourself on screen, um, and it, that has changed so much. Um, if I grew up now with smartphones and video cameras everywhere, I don't know if it would have seemed quite so exciting. Right, because it's so accessible now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when did you make the change to doing uh, pornography? Uh, how did you get into making uh, pornographic films? Well, uh, I was at art college. I was finishing my course and I was working as a journalist um, and I had to find people to interview and then I would pitch that, like, ideas to the editor and I thought Paul Morris from Treasure Island Media would be a great, interesting subject for an interview and then once I got in contact with Paul, actually that interview never happened but, like, by being in contact with him and uh, him suggesting that I film something uh, I did that. So I think I must have been kind of bored of journalism already. And I was given an opportunity to do something else, which I never would have thought I would do. I never would have expected to make porn. And I thought I would just make one, right. um, you know, and have an interesting experience. But then when I made one, I was like, that was fun. And I, I felt like I had learned and I could do another one better than the first one. And right. now it's just carried on from there. And how did you get... So you tried to interview uh, the founder, uh, yeah. Paul Morris. That didn't happen. So how did you get into uh, the production house, Treasure Island Media? Tell me about that process. It was just really simple. Um, he said, maybe, I think he Googled me or something. Like, oh, I've sent him a link to artwork that I had done. Right. And uh, he saw that and said, oh, you should make a a porn video, and I filmed something really simple, just someone having a wank or something. It was really basic and just sent it over, but he liked the way that I filmed it. Right. And then we, you know, I made a whole video. Um, I learned, like, the, the very basic um, starting out. Uh, Max Soul was in London, and he, he makes, he made all the videos with Dawson, or a lot of the videos with Dawson. Right. Um, he made 20 load weekend and 50 load weekend and all that stuff mm -hmm. um, and he was in London filming with Dawson uh, and Brad McGuire and a couple of other people so I kind of shadowed him while he was here that was just a lucky coincidence so were you part of 
that filming of uh, Dawson's 20 Load Weekend? No, I wish I had been. Okay. Um, that's, <laughs> is that Treasure Island Media's most popular title? I don't know. I don't... Uh, I really don't know. I don't look very much at the sales figures and stuff like that. Right. I guess it must be one of the most kind of enduring ones. Right. Uh, I think we re-released it yeah, recently for like a... a a 10th anniversary, anniversary or something. Right. Because I think it came out in 2004. Yeah. I think. This this next section is a, a bit of a fun section, so... Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, tops and bottoms. Porn prep for performers. So, the bottom, the receiving end. Tell me, Liam Cole, what do bottoms generally go through to get ready for a scene? Um, well, I guess not that different from what anyone else would do. I really don't know. I'm not with them. Um, But I've heard that people, um, it it kind of starts the day before to do with what you're eating and drinking. And um, definitely when we finish filming a big gangbang, the bottom guy often says like oh you now i can eat so <laughs> i guess might be hungry <laughs> right uh, it's good if it if it's done well and they don't need to worry about that once they we start filming that's always really fun um it's just a way off their mind um, right so um yeah i think when we when we're going to shoot a scene my assistant sends out a kind of list of suggestions uh, of stuff to do. Right. Um, but I don't have that list in front of me. <laughs> Drat. <laughs> it's pretty, th- it's thorough. It's what? <laughs> it's thorough. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking maybe our listeners could get some tips and tricks from the professionals. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I could give them tips on how to operate a camera. Um, <laughs> you have to ask the bottom for the- <laughs> True enough. Tips. <laughs> so, what, what about the penetrating penis? What about the tops? Yeah. What do they uh, have to go through, if anything, to get ready for a scene? Uh, well, like, don't come before you arrive. That's mm-hmm. a good tip. And is oh. there is there a time frame, like you say, like make twenty four hours, forty eight hours, anything like that? I would, yeah, I would recommend that, but I don't know if they stick to it. Right, um, and I don't. Like, everybody's body is different. Like, some people, uh, you know, they, don't, they just seem to come and come and come again, and uh, others have to save it up for a week. But I always hope that they know their own body and whatever, they'll be there on the day and everything will be working. So I might be putting you on the spot here a bit, but any uh-huh. particular scenes when you were shooting that kind of come, out, come to mind in terms of... Yeah. Uh, you know, interesting uh, stories or something that happened that maybe shouldn't have happened or anything that you'd like to share? <laughs> if it shouldn't have happened, I'm probably not going to share it. But, <laughs> I mean, nothing really comes to mind. Um, okay. I think there... You see, this is the thing. I don't know my own back catalogue very well. But um, there is a scene on... Oh, God. It's, I think it's on Full Tilt. I'm not sure. Anyway, it's in Berlin, and they're all in a living room smoking. They smoke all the time. Uh-huh. Um, and 
it was nothing went wrong. It was just a fun day. But uh, I remember them telling stories, and I think there's small bits of that in that video, which I don't include often. But like, if the atmosphere is good and it adds to the sex, right? Uh, I remember there was a dog that kept interrupting that scene. And if you if you put your nipple like near it, it would suck it because it was only a puppy dog. That might even be in the video. I don't remember. <laughs> So you're I think it is actually. <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> a nipple licking dog. Oh no, it sucked it. Like for real. Oh really? It wanted milk. Oh my goodness. Spotlight. So tell me, how do you find your performers? Uh, well, it changed. Like for the first four or five years, I was working completely on my own and I would find them myself like socially and word of mouth and uh, online talking with people um, now I have an assistant and in a way he's just taken over that role that he uh, fields all the email applications that we get there's an online application on our website and that's definitely the best way to apply because you just fill in all the things that we need to know and um, and then attach your photos Uh and and you can apply from anywhere in the world, and then it will get sorted to the right office because we have an office in San Francisco and one in New York and one in London. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, a lot of people come through that, and then sometimes we find people, and recently, actually, like social media is useful because of how connected everybody is. So once we are um, following someone on Twitter, quite often we can then see who are they talking with, um, who are other people filming with, uh, you know, everyone has a, well, not everyone, a lot of people have a presence online now, so right. that makes it easier. So it's relatively easy to find performers. Is it easy to find performers that will do bareback porn? Oh, I wouldn't say it was easy to find them. Like, it's easy to find people to approach, but, like, whether they say yes or whether the people applying are actually right for it is... is it's actually really hard okay. to find people, especially because uh, they have to like each other. You have to find people who are compatible. Um, so how do you do that? Like, oh, I don't know. Have... Like we, <laughs> we send pictures. Like if we have one person that we want to film with, we mm. will then send their picture to somebody else we want to film with and okay. say, do you like him? Like nobody just gets pushed together. Um, they choose who they want to film with. But the bareback be... thing, I don't know. Sorry. No, there, essentially, it's like with any other film, there has to be on-screen chemistry. And yeah. in a regular film, they do screen tests with different actors and actresses to see if there's chemistry. And in essence, that's what you're doing as well. Yeah, kind of. I mean, we don't have the luxury of getting people together in mm. a, a room, but we send photos back and forth. Yeah. So do you find a lot of the new people that come on board, they end up uh, getting in to doing the porn with uh, Treasure Island Media? How do you mean? Well, you were saying that it's not necessarily easy. It's easier to approach people, but it's not necessarily easy to get them once you've approached them. So I'm just wondering if once you have approached them and they're okay, but the follow the follow up is actually doing it. Do they actually follow through with actually doing it? Uh, well, there's a 
interviews. There's like a casting interview. Okay. Um, so then they come in, and um, my assistant is Bruce Jordan. So they meet Bruce, and uh, they have to get naked, and he has a good look at them, and he takes lots of photos so that we know exactly what's going to be on camera. Right. Uh, and um, goes through a load of questions, a lot of the same questions that are on the online application. So uh, that's our way of kind of getting to know someone. Um, and then if we want to film with them and we think we can find people that, you know, to match them up with, then we'll uh, start emailing them pictures of people and saying, do you like this guy? Do you like that guy? Um, but there's so many considerations. It's, it's not just like a beauty contest um, or, you know, like it's not like you can come in and say all the right things in the interview. Uh, we really have to find someone that we think is right for the film, but also that being in a video is right for them and that we can find people who are compatible. Right. Um, sometimes it's just like boring logistical things like, um, I don't know, like somebody's tight, you know, like we want to match them up in a way that they feel comfortable and some people don't want to be in a scene with someone who's much taller than them. There's a million considerations. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'd like to talk about media, digital media, mm -hmm. BitTorrents, and the impact on the porn industry, the impact on Treasure Island media. So what has been the impact with, you know, digital media, with BitTorrents, uh, in regards to Treasure Island Media, have you guys seen a decrease in in sales? Is it more online streaming? How what's been the effect with uh, with digital? Well, uh, I've only been with the company for six or seven years, mm -hmm. uh, so I guess the kind of industry wide, like worldwide issues of uh, digital media and file sharing. Um, all that kind of thing has been going since before then. Um, mm. I don't follow the industry. I don't really even follow our own company in terms of like sales and finances very much. I just make videos. Mm. But um, as a company, we're growing. So I guess whatever um, costs of uh, these things happening, but however it's affecting us, it's not stopping us from right. The product yeah. is still being consumed. And well, pe yeah, like and people are still, still paying for black, it. So. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean that's the important thing to me is just that I can keep making videos. Uh, it's funny, um, people will come up and say, "Oh, I'm your biggest fan," and then when you talk more with them, it turns out they've literally never paid for anything, which mm. is fine um, if perhaps they've never even thought about it. But ultimately. You know, we need money to make the videos, so right. I'm glad people are still, you know, buying. So, speaking of money, what's a ballpark figure for making a scene? Because you're not necessarily creating a completed video, you're, you're shooting scenes. So, in a ballpark figure, creating a scene, what sort of dollar figure does it take to do something like that? I've never calculated it but it would be difficult to calculate because you'd have to kind of factor in um the salaries of my editor and uh my assistant you know it really it starts so early on with the first um applications and interviews 
Right. Um, and uh, yeah, so and then there's a lot of stuff that we film that we don't use because we try and I try and keep costs down for shooting so that I only have to use the scenes that I like. Um, so yeah, like it, there'd be a lot of things to calculate to get that answer. And are your models are they on contract? Um, we sometimes have people on like an exclusive contract for a certain period of time. Okay. Um, I over here in Europe, like in London, I have never signed anyone on an exclusive contract because okay. I like just filming as and when, however shoots come together. Um, and I don't really want to be committed to doing a certain number of shoots with one person. Right. Um, mostly just because I don't know if I'll be able to find people to be in scenes with them where it's the right combination. And I don't want to be looking at the calendar thinking that I have to film a scene with them. Right. Um, that's the only, the only contract we have. So I, I couldn't even tell you right now how many people we have on the exclusive contract. It's not really something that I think about as a producer. Right. You're making the, the scenes. Well, I'm a bit more chaotic than, uh, you know, like Max um, in New York is just so on it and he's so organized. Um, but my videos come together fairly chaotically. Spotlight. I think it's fair to say that Treasure Island Media has received criticism for their bareback uh, porn content dating back from 2004 uh, when Titan Media banned their performers uh, from signing with Treasure Island Media up to 2014 and the release of uh, uh, the video Viral Loads. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to read a little bit from the uh, the press release for uh, Treasure Island Media's Viral load. So, okay. listener discretion is advised. <laughs> so, quote, it's just a short little thing. Uh, man sex is a virus, one that uses men as its host. Some try to resist it. Others embrace it as the source of life and meaning. We live to breed the sex virus, to pass it on to every random anonymous dude we meet and fuck. It's how we reproduce man, end quote. So give me your personal take on the whole uh, controversy around uh, uh, the video Viral Loads. What's your take on all of that? <laughs> okay, well, first of all, the Viral Loads was made by Paul Morris, and uh, that text was uh, written by him. Um Generally, uh, I don't know. Like the whatever discussion there is about our porn is obviously part of a general discussion about um, bareback sex and HIV. Um, controversy is not terribly useful, but um, if information is circulating and discussion is happening in a beneficial way, then I'm all for that. Um, I think it's going to become, you know, this controversy will become a thing of the past fairly quickly um, because of the progress in um, medication. So tell me, Liam, what 
are your thoughts on the whole criminalization of HIV and this whole sort of witch hunt uh, era that we seem to be in right now? It's not something that I follow. Um, I haven't done any research. Um, I mean, maybe because of my job, you would think that would be something that I'd be really aware of, but um, it isn't something that I really follow a lot. Um, but my thought mainly would be that any kind of uh, legislation about um, infectious diseases should, I would have thought it would be kind of general principles. I wouldn't understand if, if there are laws that exist only for HIV or specifically for HIV. That doesn't really make any sense to me. Um, but, and it's not something that I would want to be um, legislating. It seems fraught with potential confusion and just people's one word against another about what has and hasn't been disclosed. So it sounds like a nightmare right. um, for everyone involved. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess that my only thought really is that, that whatever legislation there is should be, um, should not be specific to HIV, but should apply to any infectious disease. And then hopefully if there were, you know, a, a case on trial that the judge and the lawyers involved would look at the specifics of that particular disease. And um, in the case of HIV, anything that is uh, relevant, like um, viral load and what drugs the people are on and all that kind of thing. Right. So, um, yeah, and and I hope that Treasure Island Media's videos um, are worth watching, like, for pleasure and worth talking about for other reasons. I mean, like, uh, there's a lot more to sex than HIV and the, the play on words in that text that you read uh, you know, it's already indicating that. Spotlight. So doing pornography and dating, how do the two work together? When, If you're dating someone or when you meet someone new, is it hard when they find out that you're in the porn industry? Mm, well, uh, I won't talk about my own dating, but just generally meeting people socially, uh, they know fairly quickly what I do. Right. Um, and it doesn't seem to be a difficulty. I mean, I've never had anybody... That's not true. I had one person once in a bar kicked off um, about it. But generally, people just laugh and ask questions. Right. So, Liam Cole, tell me, what turns you on? <laughs> yeah, um, well, like, I guess you mean sexually. Um, <laughs> it, it can be sexually, it could be wh however you'd like to interpret the question. What, okay, well, I will interpret the question, like, uh, tell you one thing, like, mm -hmm. as the years go by, I don't know if it's age or just, like, phases that we go through, but um, I definitely... Um, get turned on by a lot of stuff that in the past probably I would have been busy being turned on by sex and now it's a whole range I have time for more of a range thing um, and uh, 
since I don't really want to talk about my sex life, I will talk about the other things, which are mm. really just film and music. Uh, this evening, I had a great time just sat down with the full orchestral score of um, Holst, The Planets. You know that? No. Um, <laughs> just, it, well, it's wonderful, and I recommend you listen to it and reading the score and listening to the music and uh, that. And what, I mean, I'm saying that because I don't want to talk about my sex life. No, I got it. <laughs> Girl, we're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> but so you're talking about the score. What type of, uh, is it classical? What is it? It is. It's a classical, uh, classical music. And um, I like to get the full orchestral score and read. Um, you, you know, when you hear, you're reading the music along with the music. So you hear when a solo comes out, you, you see it on the page, so it's kind of interesting so, experience. And for me, it focuses me on the music. But incidentally, there maybe there is a connection, uh, a loose connection to sex. Um, I don't know if you saw Lars von Trier's film um, Nymphomaniac. No. And that was out this year, last year. Um, and It was this year, I'm sure it was. Mm -hmm. And um, in that film, uh, the the main character is or self-identifies as an nymphomaniac, and the film is all of her sexual adventures. But she makes a comparison, or another character makes a comparison um, of promiscuity to the uh, a musical form. I think it's a fugue. Um, it's certainly it's a uh, a musical form that has lots of. Uh, Counterpoint: Lots of different melodies that work together to create one whole, one complete thing, and they compare that to her sex life, which is it, it's one thing. It's her sex life, but mm -hmm. it just involves a lot of people right. instead of one particular person. There's a little connection. Now, do you know how to read music? Yes. So, yeah. you studied music, obviously. I did an A level. Um, I mean, it's not that hard once you, yeah, I mean, I, can, I can't sit down at a piano and play a piece right. straight from the page, but um, once you can do the, the basic reading music, then following a score with an orchestra is not too difficult right. and really fun because there's just all the different sounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I studied uh, music. Uh, oh, fantastic. Yeah, I studied violin for seven years and... Uh, went to a high school for the performing arts and all that sort of stuff. Uh -huh. So uh, when I heard you say, you know, you're following along with the score, I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but see, have you ever done that? Uh, no. No, I've oh, never... It's so fun. Yeah. You must. What's your favorite orchestral piece? I don't have a favorite orchestral piece. Maybe well, the Four Seasons? That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Like any like anything with the full orchestration that you enjoy, uh, I think reading a score for me especially, I find it so difficult to focus on the music and for and not to let my mind wander to other things. Right. Uh, and reading the score just focuses my mind on what I'm listening. So then, when the piece ends, I kind of come back out of it and I realize that I was totally focused on the music. So we're talking about what turns you on, Liam, yeah. Liam Cole. <laughs> so reading an or 
orchestral <laughs> score while listening to some classical music. I mean, it doesn't uh, give me a hard on. <laughs> no, but it's something you enjoy. <laughs> yeah. So what kind of films do you like? I, uh, I often like particular directors. Um, I just finished watching um, Mike Nichols' film of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and I watched that because he died recently, and I just wanted to think about his work. Um, I like Hitchcock. I like the Coen brothers, Kubrick, David Lynch, um, Michael Haneke. Uh, off the top of my head, those are the directors I like. Okay, so you like specific directors. Yeah, and uh, even within like specific films, like my favorite Hitchcock is Psycho. My favorite Kubrick film is The Shining. Um, okay. My favorite Quentin Tarantino film is Jackie Brown. And those particular films I will come back to again and again. I really right. feel like it's like playing a... You know, if you have a, a, a music album that you love, you're going to play it hundreds of times. And yeah. for me, I've come back to Psycho and The Shining particularly. Uh, I've come back to countless times. I've seen them in the cinema, like, five times each. So do you find yourself with specific films that and scenes in those films, imagery, do you find yourself trying to recreate that the essence of that scene that you saw in, say, a Hitchcock film and try to bring that into uh, uh, your filmmaking for uh, Treasure Island Media? No, because... Uh, I just think they, if you had like a brain scanning machine on your brain while you're watching a Hitchcock film compared to while you're watching a porn film, I think you'd be able to see there's just completely different activity going on. Um, when I'm, you know, when I'm making a video for Treasure Island Media, I'm, I'm making masturbation material and okay. I, to watch it while not masturbating would be weird. Right. Um, by comparison, I think something like uh, certainly Hitchcock is, uh, it can be quite a social, completely uh, not sexual activity. Um, that's not to say that there aren't enormous undercurrents or even like obvious themes of sexuality in his films, but it's not a sexual activity to watch one of his films. Um, so you can sit there with your family and watch Psycho and have a scare together, and it's right. a fun thing. Um, so is there anything currently out in theaters now that you've seen that you got all jazzed up about? <laughs> um, oh, God. Uh, I can think of films that I've seen recently. Uh, oh, I tell you what, I do have one. Um, uh, I'm probably going to get his name wrong now. Paul Thomas Anderson, the director, has just, got a new film called um, Inherent Vice, which is uh, like a stoner movie meets film noir, and uh, it's beautifully made and has a wonderful soundtrack. Um, So if you like film noir, then this is like a nice uh, sort of reimagining of that genre in a stoner, Big Lebowski kind of setting. And I also, I really liked uh, Boyhood, not particularly enjoyable to watch. Like, I didn't find it hugely entertaining, but just seeing the actors and actresses aging and that was, was a one, whole other dimension. That was the film that took, like, 20 years or whatever long. It, it was real <laughs> yeah. time. Like, these people I were think growing it was 12 up. 12 years. Yeah. yeah. But it's yeah. The, the real actors when they were kids and growing up and stuff. 
Yeah, and funnily enough, it wasn't the kids that really struck me. It was the adults. It was seeing that transition from um, being slightly younger than most people are when they become parents to being a parent of a teenager. Uh, So, um, yeah, just seeing and just seeing their bodies and their faces, their body language changing um, through the film is the as far as I'm aware, it's unique right. and was powerful, memorable. Spotlight. Now, Treasure Island Media, they have a clothing line that's relatively new. Mm-hmm. So what can you tell us about the clothing line? Do you know anything about it? <laughs> yes, treasureislandmedia.com and click on the gear and then you yeah. want the vest and underwear. And I don't know, we've produced branded there's like well, hoodies for and... quite a while, but okay. uh, um, and I know that it's comfy. Um, <laughs> if think... you wear it in a sex party, people are gonna know if they recognize the studio, they'll have an idea of what you're into. I guess. You will be styling like Tim, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... I mean, I, I just make videos, so I don't really know much about the rest. So, when was the last time you saw Paul Morris? <sighs> never, you've never met your boss. No, I've never met him. I've never seen a picture of him because he doesn't have pictures of himself in circulation. Um, but I've spoken to him on the phone for over the years, for hours and hours and hours. And what's he like? Wonderful. He's uh, very intelligent mm-hmm. and um, very, uh, um, you know, he has strong opinions about things. Uh, he's an inspiring person to know. Um, yeah. So what's coming up next for you, Liam Cole? Uh, I have a video coming out. It's called Hard Cuts 1, and um, like it's called Hard Cuts 1 because we already know there's a Hard Cuts 2. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, so that's coming out, and you can get that from the website, mm-hmm. um, treasureislandmedia.com. And uh, I can tell you who's in it. I know who's in it. Sure. I have the list here now in case, because otherwise I might forget someone. Um, it has Cutler X, uh, Freddie Miller, Jesse Carson, Pito Coast, uh, Sam Porter, Adam Russo, Nathan Gear, Priam, Blue Bailey of um, Viral Rhodes fame, uh, Lincoln Gate, and other people. But I just scrolled down quickly a few names. <laughs> so, out of curiosity, is Dawson still doing uh, porn? Do you know? As far as I know, Dawson is still living in the States, and I don't really film with um, guys in the USA unless they happen to be visiting Europe. Right. Um, but so I don't really know. Like, okay. he's not filming with me recently anyway. Right. I know that. <laughs> right. Well, Liam Cole, it's been a pleasure getting Thank to know so much. the enigma behind the name <laughs> and working with Treasure Island Media. This yep. is... This has been fascinating, and you have been an actual delight. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Great. Thanks for your time, Liam Cole. Thank you. Spotlight.